Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims, as well as recited regularly in congregation. So, what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juzamma? It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and, in his unique and in Imitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. You can see that now the you know in the Quran is comparing between two groups of the people. You know those who are stagna and those who are khashiya, and that has come to create surah as well. Uh, if you look properly, you can see the Quran said to Musa al-Islam, "Idhab ila Fir'auna in inna hu taqa, faqul halka ila an tazakka." Ask him to do task. Why? He did not do that. Then Quran said, Quran, you know, that how we destroy the Fir'aun. Then Quran again said, Listen, it's for those who fear. You can see in the myself and life for those who fear, and myself and life for those who can understand properly. And then Quran keeps saying all the again arguments. Last verse of the Quran comes. Oh Allah, the messenger, you are warning, warner of those people who fear. So now you can see the Prophet has been taught that don't waste your time, mind everybody. Now to focus about those who fear Allah, those who fear, that actually should be your, your focus. So no doubt, in the beginning, like you know, one of the ladies, you know, she was asking, that sometimes, you know, you preach to your family and they don't listen to you. So if we don't move to other, to other society, we keep remaining there. This is not the, the way basically either. That is no doubt. We start with your family, convey the message. Once the message has been conveyed properly with full arguments and everything, then you are not allowed to waste your time behind them. You don't listen. You have to move away from them. Like Nuh al Islam, his son did not listen to him, but he did not stop him from preaching to other people. He kept preaching to other people to understand because your message is for those who listen to you, who fear Allah. You have to prefer them. If your family does not listen, then leave them. Then you could move to those who can fear. If the elite people of the society talk, if they don't listen, then move to those who can listen. So that's why the Quran actually ended in the last surah, Innama anta munzero man yakshaha, you are a warner of those who fear. Now this surah has come to, to explain that whole thing. That the messenger must focus on those who listen, those who fear. And messenger should not waste their time behind those people who do not listen. So Abbasa Watawalla, he frowned Watawalla and he turned away Anja Ahul Arma. This verse can have two meanings, Anja Ahul Arma. One meaning is that you know, he frowned and turned away. Why? Anja Ahul Arma. Because the blind person came to him. Because the blind person came to him, that's why he frowned and turned away. Second meaning can be 
it meaning is question. Sometimes we don't have the word for question, but you question that, you know. It meaning is Ali, Ali and Ja'ahul Amma. He frowned and turned away. Then Allah is questioning, did he do this because a blind man came to him? So now you question. So Allah, full sentence, he frowned and turned away. Then the Quran is saying, Ali and Ja'ahul Amma. Did he do this because a blind person came? Do you understand the difference? So the first basically was sentence, and Ja'ul Amma is connected with the previous sentence. He frowned, he turned away because the blind man came. All affirmative. Next explanation is that Abbas is affirmative, but Anja'ahul Amma is interrogation, questioning. He frowned and turned away, and then Allah is saying, Ali Anja'ahul Amma. Did he do this thing because the blind man came? So keep the both meaning can be fine. Next thing is, in this verse you can see very clearly that Allah is saying that he frowned and turned away. Why? Because blind man came. Quran does not say that because blind man asked him a question. Quran does not say. Quran does not say because blind man asked him to read the Quran. <coughs> blind man wanted to learn the Quran. It does not say anything. So why you want to add more things? Because if you add more things, it goes actually bad against the Prophet. You need better argument. And if actually the Prophet had done something like that, then Quran will have been more critical of him. Quran is only accusing him that the blind man came and you frowned and turned away. So basically the, Quran, the way you can see the whole situation is that the Prophet is sitting with the leaders of Quraysh in Abu, Abu Jahl, Walid and all the big people teaching them. And the Prophet has in mind that these people don't want to sit with lower people. They don't want to sit with them. While he was teaching, then a blind person comes to listen to him. So at this moment, the Prophet frowned from him and turned away, thinking now these Quraysh people will not listen to him because they will think the followers of the Prophet are people like it. That's what happening is. It is not the blind man asking question and the Prophet did not answer. It is not that the blind man asked to read the Quran, he did not read the Quran. Quran is not saying like that. Quran is only saying that the blind man came and the Prophet turned away from him. Is it clear? So we should keep the story limited to what the Quran has said. You know, it is not good for us to add anything more. So, Abasa watawalla and ja'ahul a'ma. And then the Quran is now Quran is turning to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa means same thing as yatazakka. Sometimes in Arabic language you are allowed to change the ta in za. Like you know, Quran said to Musa alayhi wa sallam, uh, so there za is, has no shadda. But in this verse, za has got shadda. Yazakka. Why? Because it should be yatazakka. Yatazakka. In Arabic language, when ta is there and za is there, you are allowed to change ta into za. You can say yazakka. Like, like muzzam. Ya yuhat. Muzammil. What it should be? Ya ayyuhal mutazammil. Ta and zai both are nearer in speaking that why ta has been changed to zai. So similarly, this should be la'allahu yatazakka. And then ta has been changed to zai and become la'allahu yazakka. Meaning is the same. Then Quran said, Wama yudrika. What makes you to know? What makes you? To know. What makes you know what? 
Quran did not say, one of the way of Arabic language, like the Quran says in some verses, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّ السَّاعَةَ قَرِيبٌ What makes you know? Perhaps the hour is nearer. Meaning it, what makes you to know or think that the hour is far away? No, it is, it is nearer. So this thinking that you, know, you think that hour is far away, you know, Quran has dropped and made the center, center smaller, what makes you to know perhaps the hour is nearer? Similarly, in this verse, what makes you to know, the full sentence is, what makes you to know that this person will not listen to you, this person will not benefit you from you. What makes you to know like that? No, it could be more likely that he listen to you. To madrika la'alu zakka. You know, because the prophets are only allowed to frown or to turn away from the people if they think the person is not going to listen. You know, if you preach your preacher and you really believe that this person is never going to listen to you, you then you are allowed not to insist, leave. So the prophets are not allowed to turn away from anybody unless they believe the person is not going to listen. The Quran is saying to them, when you turn away from this person, frowned, it should be for a reason. You only should turn away from him if you believe that he is not going to listen. But Quran says, this is not the story. You don't know. What makes you to know that he is not going to listen? Actually, more likely he is going to listen. To Maidulika, what makes you to know? Perhaps he has come to have Tazkiyah. He has come to be purified. He has come to become Muslim. And that was one of the Tafmufsi ibn Zayd. He said, Maybe you want to become Muslim. So he came turning to you, listening to you, and he frowned from him without, think, without knowing it. That you know, he, you know, whether he's going to listen to you or not. It could be that he wants to listen. And you can see really the prophets always, in the beginning, they should have hope. Even from the worst person. Like you see, when the Quran is, when Allah commanded to Musa alayhi salam, go to Firaun, the Quran said, You have to have hope of Tazkiyah even from Firaun. You can't judge, you can't say that these two are very bad people. You can't say like that. Have you conveyed the message properly? Before conveying the message, you cannot judge among the people, about the people. That one other mistake actually Muslim political movements have been doing. They unnecessarily, they assume that all the people in the power, they are their enemies. So they never take a message to them. They never convey the message to them. They basically fight them and oppose them. This is not allowed. When Musa came to Fir'aun, Musa was not allowed to fight the Fir'aun. First, Musa's duty was, to convey the message to Firaun. And after a long time, when Firaun again and again did not listen, then Allah SWT destroyed Firaun. But we people, when we come to the rulers, to the people of the power, we assume they are not going to listen. We never convey the message to them. If you don't convey the message to them, you are not allowed to curse them, you are not allowed to fight them, you are not allowed to, to, to make anything against them. Because you have not conveyed the message properly. To understand the thing, Assume every single person in the world, whether a man of the power, worst person, assume before Dawa, he could be accepting, he could be listening, not now, later. And that's what every prophet did. The Prophet وسلم, so many times go to Abu Jahl, so many times to Walid, Walid so many to, to, to uh, Utba, to all these people, so many times going. Same Musa, وسلم, so many times to Firaun, going again again. So understand this thing, basically, it is obligatory upon the Dawat that they must turn to the people. They must go to the people as long as you expect that people can listen to you and they can be purified. And you are not allowed to assume anything unless you have experience. You are not allowed to assume. You go again and again, you go again and again and when it becomes very clear that this person is not going to listen, 
then you leave him to someone else. But before conveying the message, you are not allowed to make any assumption. Assuming is not allowed. And very often we people assume. Sometimes people can follow one parent. Some people can come and say, you know, my father and my mother, they are so bad and this and that. They are not going to listen. You know, no, no, no sense for wasting time. No. You have to make effort. And the love that is between the sons and between children and the mother and father, you don't know how that love can, can change the whole thing. You have to learn how to do such things. And also the thing really is, Dava is not that you take the words and throw upon the people. And you say you have done the message. This is not the Dava. Dava think properly, plan properly. I'm going to this person and what is the best way to convey the person? What is the best time to meet him? What is, and if I go in the company of so and so, maybe it can help me. Sometimes you take a Bakas Siddiq, sometimes you take Omar Farooq, sometimes you send Uthman, because Uthman belongs to that family. Sometimes you think this person can help more and more. This work, you have to make planning, not for your own work. This work you do. You can, Dawah is not that you, you know, just stand on the corner of a park, you know, and just start shouting, and people come and, and listen to you. This is not Dawah. This is a disrespect of Dawah. What actually happening in London and many of these places, people keep shouting whether people listen or not. This is not the way. You have to find interest, you have to come to the person individually, you have to convey the message to somebody. It's not, you just shout and people listen to you. This is disrespect to what happens from Allah. Don't learn from Christian missionaries. Don't learn from other people. Learn from the messengers. Messengers used to come at a time when people listen to you, when they have interest to you. Don't shout to the people. That you have to create interest in the people. Still, if they don't pay attention to them, but you have to make effort. No Alisana made so many effort. Day, during the daytime, night time, alone, every single thing he planned. Well, if they don't listen during the daytime, he went to in the night. If they don't listen when the public, he went to them in the private. Every single thing he experienced, then after that, he cursed them. He made draw against them. But we people don't do this thing. So, you know, the thing really is that come to every single person and think that this person is going to listen. It could be probably my, my message, the way I do message. You know, change your way start, change your soul again again. Until he becomes very clear, he's not going to listen. Then, yeah, then leave him and, you know, you have to go to other people as well. So that was the Quran says, This is the thing really. For every single person, you have to think really that potentially he is the man who is going to accept your God. Even Fir'aun. Don't leave the Fir'aun. Now it is time for the break. If you have any questions, please ask. Then inshallah in the afternoon I will complete the tafsir. But at the same time, if the lower people they come and they accept it, you know, they have to prefer them, they have to listen to them, and they have to teach, keep teaching them. You know, the thing really is, 
you know, understand, if you start teaching it, the lower people, and then you go to top people, they will be far away from you. They will think really that you know, why they prefer those over us, why they didn't come to us for You know, in any society, if you start going to the other people, then the elite people, they will think you are creating a society to rebel against us. You are making some conspiracy against us. If you come to them directly, first, like in anything, like for example, if you want a new department to make some reform, if you go to the people, don't go to the top person, they will think you are making conspiracy. Always in this, in this society, the best thing is, is start with the top person. They, they know that you are not making conspiracy, you have no interest in the power, you just want to convey the message, you keep the power. But if you start with the lower people, they will think you are making conspiracy. So there are many, many benefits really in starting with the top people. But at the same time, Dawa should be dignified. Start with the top people, but anybody who wants to listen to you, you have to pay attention to them. And don't sacrifice the dignity of the Dawa for the sake of the, those people. That's never allowed. So they should know that they, they, it's in their interest to listen to, to accept Dawa. So as I mentioned, <coughs> when my son just started with the elite people, there are more than one reason for their purpose. Though it also is true, they never accept it. Most of the elite people, they are the last people to accept. It is also true. But that makes your dava very firm. You know, on the arguments, people know you have good argument that you go to those people. Your arguments become very good. Your style of dava becomes very good. So all the things for your dava becomes established very nicely. Then you go anywhere. But when it, like for example, tablighi jamaat. Because tablighi jamaat start with the lower people, what actually happens is the language and the style become lower. They use the same language, same style for everybody else in the world. So that actually one of the people saying in Urdu language, that you know, meaning is Tablighi Jamaat you know, made effort to make all the Mubati Muslims. Now Tablighi Jamaat is making every Muslim as Mewati. So Mewati is actually lower town you know, in Delhi. They, you know, they are rough people. You know, they are not very civilized. So when Mona Yas came to them, use a language according to their standard. Now that language, that style has become basically, you can say, identity of Tablighi Jamaat. They always speak in that language. That makes something very low. The way should have been to start with the top people, then even if you got low people, that's that why uh, Sheikh Lawson Abdi Rahmanullah in our teacher in you know, he always used to say to us, whenever you go and speak anywhere, always, you know, your, your style should be dignified like an alim speaks. Never, never accept the language of the lower people. Always, it's very bad for anybody. The prophets never do. Nobody did like that. So when you start with the high people, it really helps you to improve your language, to improve your argument. I did not just the whole question properly. You know, something about not about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or about this. Okay. Yeah, Professor, if you can explain the note. Because the thing really I have a problem in hearing. The problem is mine, not yours. You, you know, yours mentioned fine, but I cannot hear properly. Yeah. 
sister is asking that uh, she has read the interpretation of this verse, Abbasawatawallah, that it is not the Prophet but it refers to a companion of the Prophet and specifically mentioned Uthman and she asked me what about the people that. She said she doesn't know the source. Oh, because I never heard, I never read any, all have been reading all this tafsir and tawari and all those things, all are the sources. Nobody says Uthman. And also why Quran says Umayyad Dhuvika, Quran said going to the Prophet directly, that you know why you do this, so you can see to making from starting from Abbasa, then so Umayyad Dhuvika. So, and Uthman, if Uthman does something like that, I don't think Quran is going to criticize that anyway. Because, you know, or if sometimes they can do something like that. But Uthman did not have this authority to go and preach to leaders of Quraysh. Uthman was never used to go to individuals, one or two, not in this, this way. So it doesn't look like it. It is about the Prophet but it should be understood properly. The way people narrate the story, it becomes very bad. But if you look at the proper context, you can see this Prophet being too keen for, uh, for leaders of Quraysh, that why he sometimes exceeds the limit. It is also out of his good character that he did. It is not against his character. So I, I, I never read this thing, that is not about Uthman, and I don't think it can fit here. And uh, another question is, what are the signs that we are going towards the scale? Like, are there signs that can show us if we're going to scale or to the opposites? What the signs of what? Signs of? Yeah. So I was asking, what are the signs that we are going in the right direction towards Tazkiyah and not in the opposite direction? What are the signs? No, like the Quran has said that, you know, the messenger will come to read the verse of Allah to you, and then people purify them. So, you know, if you follow the Allah, the message of the Quran, and the Sunnah properly, and you can see the end result that you, it helps you to purify yourself, then the sign is on the right path. Sometimes there can be a mistake, but the first thing is your starting point should be the Quran. The Sunnah, when you do something, it should be coming from there. And then after that, keep looking at your result, that it is helping you or not to become more pious. If it's helping you, then we say you are, uh, uh, you know, it really, you know, it is more likely to be on, on the right path. You know, I like explain so many times. Really. Make effort to make your life coherent with the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet. Don't become like those movements in Islam, which actually make a very effort to make the Quran and Sunnah coherent with their ideologies. You know, for example, if somebody brings the Quran to their level, you can see both are on the same level. But if you raise yourself to the Quranic level, it's still they're both the same level. So for everybody else, look at the Quran and this part is the same level, but two different things. In one case, you brought the Quran down to your level. And in that case, you raise yourself to the level of the Quran. Quran wants people to raise themselves to the level of the Quran. Many of these ideologies in Islam, like Mu'tazilla and you know, all many political movements in Islam these days, they basically want to bring the Quran down to their own level. This is the problem. In both cases, you see both are on the same level two different things. The simple thing is make effort to make your life coherent with the Quran Sunnah. Don't try to make Quran Sunnah coherent with your ideologies. First thing you do this. Once you have done this, then keep, keep testing and checking that whether actually you improve yourself or not. If you improve, then more likely you are not right path, inshallah. Sources, um, because I've studied a bit of Shias and I run a new Muslim project 
and we had a couple of sisters that took charge of Shazam to Sunnism. And this is where the source is, where, to, where they say that um, this surah actually refers to a companion one. Yeah, but I don't look at what the source of this people who saying that you know, it refers to a companion. I don't look at thing really either. You know, I, I don't claim that I know everything in the world. But thing is, all my student life, I never heard this. I've been reading all the tafsir, you know, Urdu and Arabic and everything. Nobody has mentioned anything about that. All the time they're mentioning it, the Prophet sallallahu And also Quranic context is very clear. If you connect with the before. So I don't know who made Uthman here. And Uthman was not so important that time anyway. He was not a preacher. Sometimes the Prophet used him. But not like on high level to go to talk with Abu Jahal and Uthman Allah could not talk with him. He, he, he was not like, like, like that at the time. So I, I, I really don't know where this has come from. You know, and who had made this tafsir. Why is it wrong that when you, when there's a gathering of non-Muslim or Muslims and you just stand and start facing the people, like the people, like people who does in the right talk corner and speak the corner. Isn't it like we have Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to do something and when the early book of faith, he gathered everybody and he went there and he said the same thing that he could start preaching about Islam. So from that preaching, learned that so many people are become Muslims like uh, Abdurrahim Bin, which doing these things today. You know the thing with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gathered people. So for example, he said that, you know, he, he, he made a big announcement that everybody came there. So he gathered people for himself. The people are coming for a message. When the Prophet addressed a gathering, he made, made that gathering. The people know that they have come for a purpose. So he addressing them, you know, for, for, so basically people came to listen to him. He wants to say a message. You know, what I'm trying to say actually is when actually people are just passing by for any reason and just keep shouting, anybody come and listen. You know, I'm not trying to say that if you follow Christian mission in the way, nobody will accept Islam. I'm not trying to say that people will accept Islam. I am trying to say this is not your duty. This is not what Allah has commanded you. You know, don't look that some people become Muslim for that. Actually, people can become Muslim for many, many wrong reasons. For the so many wrong reasons, people can become Muslim. But we, do, we are not allowed to follow those wrong reasons. For example, people can fall in love with someone and they become Muslim. So are we allowed that, you know, Take Muslim, make Muslim women go everywhere so people fall in love with them, they become Muslim and they are going to do, do Christianity, do something like that. But we are not allowed to do this. Understand, dignity of the message should be kept there. You know, make people to come to listen to you. Or you come to the people, but in a time when they are ready to listen to you. But you you shout and everybody pass and somebody, you know, think over oh, this person and say, let, let me think. This is not the way. Don't you wasting your time and shouting all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not denying that some people become Muslim for that. But this is not no messenger, something like that. They always have been planning to think how to go. You know, you know, think really, Allah does not need you. You need Allah. Quran does not need you, you need the Quran. You come to take from the Quran. Quran is not going to take anything from you. Keep that all the mind. Allah so has sent messengers to their messengers can save the people from the fire of hell. Messengers don't get anything from the people. Keep that in mind. So we have to come to the people sincerely, but at the same time keeping the dignity. After shouting for no reason, it's very bad, right? you know, this is not the Quranic way. Okay, last question. You can take the online question. Uh, the question is, why are the pious often misunderstood and slandered? Why is pious? Why are the pious often misunderstood and slandered? Slandered. Uh, and like prophets, spiritual leaders, they are all accused in some way. So the question is, why, why is that? Yeah, because the thing is, whenever you make a reform, 
and, and reform goes against the established order. You not really. People don't want to accept. Sometimes they will accuse you, sometimes they will surrender, sometimes they will lie against you, sometimes oppose you. Then what will happen? Because people don't want to change the way of their life. Especially if the life, way of life is a country they desire. People want to enjoy their life. If you bring a way of life, piety, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't like it. And also they don't like it. Why? Because they will think if you are there, people will look low at them. Because they will compare themselves with you. They don't want that. So people hate pious people because pious people means that their, their way of life is threatened. So there are you know, more than one reason, basically, no doubt. These are the reasons why, why people don't like the pious people. Uh, and you have to pick any reform when it comes, people don't like it. People have to make effort. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv. That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.